This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to Talk of Champions, an Ole Miss Spirit podcast with Ben Garrett. It's up, it's up, it's up, it's up, it's up. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit. Ben on Twitter. He's Bradley Sal, former Ole Miss offensive lineman, eight-year NFL vet. It's a mailbag edition of Talk of Champions. Not as many questions as we're used to getting, but plenty enough. Football season is over. It's done with. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers won the Super Bowl, beating the Kansas City Chiefs. Your former head coach, Brad Bruce Arians, gets a Super Bowl ring. You feeling prideful today? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm excited for that staff. I mean, I still talk to a bunch of those guys on the team. I got quite a few um, videos from the locker room, some good, some funny, some inappropriate. But, um, yeah, that was, um, you know, it was it was cool. Glad glad to see that for um, for Bruce and um, some of the guys on the team that, that were deserving that, that worked their tail off. How are you handling the now long wait until the return of football? Um, I mean, I, I think that, um, you know, I, I'm kind of glad that whole season's passed, <laughs> passed, to be honest. Um, it was a weird year. Um, I think the most important part of the game was taken out and that's the fans and the environment, um, for some, some for good reasons, some for bad. I mean, you know, it's, there's an argument both ways, but, um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm ready to get back to a normal environment, um, Hopefully we can we can get to that that stage this year. Um, you know, with this football season where where an actual SEC game looks like an SEC game or a championship game looks like a championship game. Um, I just think this year was a little bit strange. I'm excited for the um, for the next season. Hopefully we can get to a normal environment here. Major props to the NFL. 269 games got in. 269 games. That's no small accomplishment in the midst of a generational pandemic. So props to the NFL. They got it done. The SEC got it done. They made it work. We got football, but you're right. Getting back to normal or whatever normal is after all of this, I look forward to that. So in that respect, yes, I am glad that that football season is over. Now you look forward to spring practices, hopefully, and then the summer and all that. We got Ole Miss baseball, Ole Miss basketball, Big two wins for Ole Miss basketball last week, by the way. And many other things to get us through. But football, it's done for however many months. We're recording in February. So February to September, August, whenever it is. I don't even know. Do we even know the exact dates? Is anything locked in right now during COVID? No. So we'll wait and see. But thank God we got into football season. Can you imagine... Have we not gotten the Super Bowl? Have we not gotten the national championship game? Now, the inevitable happened. Tom Brady won again. Alabama won again. But at least we got it. Otherwise, I mean, I was going crazy in the spring with no baseball and no basketball. And then the Braves came back late in the summer. Then we got football. God bless. Thank God we got through football season because I don't think I could have taken a full year of what was an hellacious couple of months in the spring with nothing. Watching Big Cat from Barstool Sports do his uh, little horse derby on the robotic track that he has with those little figurines. That's what was entertaining us. We were finding ways to entertain ourselves. So props to the NFL. 269 games, and they got every single one of them in. 
That is no small feat. Yeah, that's impressive. Um, I'm not surprised though. Those, um, I mean, the the amount of help, staff on hand, money they have in the NFL. I mean, it's already it's already such first class. Um, you know, being there the way they take care of their players and with the owner stepping up and probably falling in, no telling how much money to make sure that that um, you know every player is tested every day. Uh, there's additional staff there to um, to assist the players. I mean, um, it was really up to the players to stay inside, you know, and and uh, much is which isn't easy, um, and it's still it's still leaked into some buildings. But for the most part, man, the NFL is um, they have the ability to be a very special organization, which which they are, and um, I, I'm, I'm certainly not surprised they were able to pull that off. How close? Now that the season is over, how close? If you got close at all, did you get to returning to the NFL? Um, I would say my closest was probably, um, I had a couple calls early on and then probably there three or four weeks before the season, I had a, a really serious call from the Indianapolis Colts, um, which led me going out to my front yard and making a workout video for them, um, you know, to, to send to their, to their, you know, scouts, whatever, whoever was, was looking for it. And, um, you know, nothing really came to fruition there. They end up signing a, a younger, cheaper guy, which I, I certainly think that's the theme of the year. And um, you know, really, I did. I don't know that I had serious interest of of returning unless it was a um, playoff type team, anyways, in which they were. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I got I got close to in there, but I, I'm you know I obviously enjoying myself here. Um, you know, got a good little gig going um, working here, so it's um, yeah. I mean, I I don't think that I ever ever really got that close to pulling the trigger i have seen the video it's legendary at some point you're gonna have to release it to the public just so they can see the epicness of that video (laughs) yeah there's nothing like being in your front yard while it's freezing cold and there's cars going by and you're doing pass sets in your front yard tearing your sod to pieces um with 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 pretty spiked up cleats so um yeah i mean i'm sure my neighbor probably thinks i'm I'm reliving my glory days out there, but there was actually an opportunity that was going to present itself there. So, um, at the same time, you know, it's a big commitment to have to gain back all that weight to play O line, which is probably what I was going to have to do. So, um, yeah, I don't know that it ever, ever really got that close, but yeah, we, we, we considered it a time or two. Effectively doing those drills in your underwear, man. <laughs> I mean, it was the NFL short stuff that y'all wear under the pads but there you are it looked like you're going through the combine again except you're doing it in your front yard yeah it's, it's sometimes i mean sometimes me and my wife were cracking up on the we sat on the porch after that for a little while and we were just we were just cracking up talking about how crazy the nfl is and how there's been you know multiple journeys but it happened so fast had, had you decide to go play you'd likely be on a plane in a day or two um, you know, packing up some stuff, going to play. And within a couple of days, you could likely be in the game. I had a good friend of mine who I played with for a long time that, um, he got signed right after Thanksgiving for the bucks. And, uh, um, I mean, he was the same deal, just sitting there thinking he's done. And now he um, sent me a video from the, from the, um, you know, locker room celebrating last night. So it's just kind of crazy how it happens and it happens fast. And he, he not only did he get signed, he got to play quite a bit. So, um, it's pretty cool for him. Now I got a Super Bowl ring and, and, a, and a big pot of money from for it. Are you never say never, or are you retired? Oh yeah, I'm done. After I mean, after a full year off, I don't, um, I don't think I don't think it would even be fair to myself to try to step back in there and, and play. Um, I think I'd be really far behind. On top of that, I'm about to be 32 years old. So um, yeah, I think I, I think I'm yeah I'm. I'm I'm pretty done, man. I mean, I don't, I, I definitely would not even seek it or even think about it. Um, you know, th- this year I thought about throughout the year was, was a real possibility, but no, this next year, there's no chance. I would probably literally go back and get hurt immediately. When, whenever you don't harden your body like that for over a year and don't hit and don't callous yourself, you're just putting yourself at risk for a, um, for a real injury. You're doing okay. I've seen your house. I've seen your basketball court. You're doing good. You're good. You had your run. Yeah, I agree. I'm happy with it, man. And I'm, I'm at the best place I could possibly be. That's in Oxford, Mississippi, where I want to be. And, um, you know, working, working with Colby Arsenault at Upstream Life. And we are, um, we are doing quite well. We're, we're excited about everything. And you're doing a podcast, an Ole Miss podcast with your friend, Ben. Come on. What the hell? That's right, baby. We get to talk about some Ole Miss sports. You can't beat it. There you go. If you haven't already, subscribe, rate, review, talk of champions and iTunes. And when you do, 
leave a five-star review. doesn't matter what you say, what you write, as long as it's five stars. Also available in SoundCloud and Spotify, just simply search Talk of Champions. I write for the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com, and a food of 247 Sports. Some Ole Miss football news before we go into this long, long wait together. Chance Campbell, Maryland linebacker, announced on Twitter that he's transferring to Ole Miss, ranked 12th in all of college football last season, averaging 11 tackles per game, finished second in the Big Ten with tackles for loss at one and a half stops behind the line of scrimmage per game. It's a big get. It's a big get on paper. I haven't seen the dude. You've watched a little bit of video, but it looks like on paper a big get at a need position. Now, linebacker almost does have some numbers, but if you can get a guy like this that could potentially come in and not just push for playing time, but maybe start, that's a big get. Yeah. So, so I, whenever I first saw the news and I saw the kid's picture, I, I immediately, I have to admit, I immediately stereotyped him. I was like, eh. Probably a big stiff linebacker, probably pretty smart. No, can read his keys, but McKinney gets sideline to sidelines. So. You did the whole lunch pail gritty. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know. I, I, I definitely did that at first when I saw him, but then I, I flipped blue on, collar, you know, hard nosed, all that stuff. <laughs> yep, just good old hey, he's gonna know exactly where to be. He may not be able to get to where he needs to be, but he'll um, he'll know where to go, and he'll tell everybody else where to go. So. Um, th- th- then I kind of flicked on the, um, you know, try to find some highlights of him and man, he's, he's impressive. He's sideline to sideline. He plays really hard. Um, got some pretty good speed, man. And I, I like how long he is. He, he's, he's definitely a guy that can blitz and create some issues. And then I went back and looked at his offers back from whenever he was coming out and he was offered by, I mean, the majority of the Ivy league offered him, you know, he did have a Boston college offer Maryland. So, um, certainly a really smart kid. Um, actually watched one of his interviews. Seems like he is, um, you know, leader kind of guy. So man, I'm, I'm kind of excited about him. Kind of pumped up to see how he looks, um, you know, in the sec, how he look. I mean, we don't, we don't know yet, but I mean, if you look at this film in the big 10, I mean, he's, he's got some, he's got some, some daggum tackles for sure. So, um, I'm excited to see him. I'm excited to see him at, at Ole Miss. I think it's a it's a good get for Ole Miss. Um, you know, it's it's certainly a position that that we we need all the help possible. Brings his hard hat every single day. <laughs> Lunch pail kind of guy. Yeah, I love it how it's like that with every white dude that's athletic in football. JJ Watt dealt with this, right? It's never that they're just overly athletic. Christian McCaffrey's one of the best running backs in football, but you don't ever hear the same type of athleticism discussion with guys like that. I wonder why it's just, it's so stupid. All of it's so stupid, but look, this guy does feel a need for Ole Miss. We know that Lakia Henry, Jacquez Jones, they're both coming back. We think I haven't heard any different that Momo Sonogo is coming back, but even if it's just for depth, getting chance Campbell in, it does matter. It's six, three, 235 pound, a starting linebacker at Maryland, you know, DJ Durkin's former head coach there. He knows the kid. So look, good, good get. And it feels what we expected as far as the remaining spots that Lane Kiffin and staff held open from recruiting. So they got two to three, maybe four spots for transfers just like this. And they're going to fill those spots. Now, Lane Kiffin said when we talked to him last that he was going to be aiming for defense. That certainly applies here. But I would be shocked if he doesn't address the offense in some way, specifically at tight end. Now, the first question of the mailbag has to do with that. So let's just go ahead and jump right into it. It's the Modern Woman Mailbag. This is Talk of Champions. Are you tired of working 9 to 5 for 40 hours every week just to make money for someone else? Well, our sponsor of the Talk of Champions phone line is Thomas Chandler of Modern Woodman, and he's looking to hire new financial representatives here in Mississippi. No background experience is necessary, but you do have to be a resident of Mississippi. And what he's looking for is someone who is highly self-motivated and who wants to make a difference in the lives of others. A full-time position comes with benefits, such as health insurance, a matching 401k, and a pension plan. For more information, feel free to reach out to Thomas personally. You can find him on Facebook, or his number is 662-296-0186. That's 662-296-0186. That's Thomas Chandler of Modern Woodman, a proud sponsor of Talk of Champions. here you've got mail special mail for you this is a letter to hollywood saying keep it up movies are great open up the modern woman mailbag to answer your Ole Miss or non Ole Miss questions i pose to you on twitter to give me what you got only 24 i'm used to 40 sometimes pushing 50 
But hey, maybe you're in that malaise right now, that after football malaise, what is going to be a long, long spring, unless Ole Miss baseball, which we've got questions about, goes on to win a national championship. Then it'll just be a breeze. And Ole Miss basketball is giving you signs of optimism, giving you signs of turning things around, momentum, upsetting Tennessee, and then Romello White just absolutely dominating Auburn. And Devontae Shuler coming alive in the second half, the game-winning shot. What a week for Ole Miss basketball. Two quad one wins. You know how many quad one wins they had before last week? Zero. <laughs> so two quad one wins, and now they got Missouri, number 18 Missouri, at home on Wednesday. They beat Missouri on Wednesday. Gets real. We'll get into all of that. But first, somebody at E underscore S underscore 15. The first question of the Modern Women Mailbag. Can you divulge who the potential tight end transfer alluded to in earlier podcasts was and did his name rhyme with Derek Hilbert? It wasn't Eric Gilbert. We had heard two potential additions, one from Bowling Green and I'd heard another from FCS, but I didn't know the name. We knew the Bowling Green guy. That didn't happen. Now, Neil McCready of rebelgrove.com, I know this because it was screenshotted and sent to me by a buddy of mine who's on that board on my board too. You shouldn't do that. You know, you shouldn't do that. That's premium content and that's Neil's stuff, but Neil's a great reporter. Neil reporting that Trey Berry, tied in from Jacksonville State, will be transferring to Ole Miss in the summer. I had heard that the FCS tight end, again, didn't know his name, was becoming less and less of an option because he was going to enter the draft. But if Neil's reporting it, I trust Neil. So that was the whole mystery tight end. I never thought it was much of a mystery tight end situation so much as Ole Miss was perusing the market, looking for the best option. If we in any way fed that beast of mystery tight end, then that's on me. I I never try to play into that too much other than to say that Ole Miss was looking for a tight end to add in the transfer portal. And if they do land Trey Berry, like Neil is reporting they're going to in the summer, I like the addition. He's 6'7", 245. Looks like the athletic tight end that a Lane Kiffin offense looks for like a Kenny Yaboa. Makes sense. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think adding, adding another decent athlete that's got a little experience on top of Hudson Wolf, um, you just don't want to give the keys to Hudson yet and put all that um, – you know, that on his back right away. I think you need like a, another addition kind of guy to, um, you know, that where them two can run a duo, you know? So, um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it certainly, certainly the kid looks like he'd be a, be a solid player. So, um, yeah, why not bring it in? I feel like we need, we need some kind of body there. Also, it should be mentioned that Casey Kelly is dealing with the injury and we don't know what his status is. He showed in the outback bowl that he can step in and produce. Is Casey Kelly going to wow you with his athleticism? No, he's not Kenny Yaboa, but he proved he can get it done. I don't know if that says more about Casey Kelly or the offensive Lane Kiffin that a Casey Kelly could step in and immediately produce. But if this guy, Trey Berry, steps in and is the talent that this staff has proven it can go find, steps in and produces, just further proves that Lane Kiffin knows what the hell he's doing. Like anybody is questioning whether or not he knows what the hell he's doing anyway. LFG shirts at LFG shirts. Why does it feel like every 90s kid from the South can recite the 1995 Atlanta Braves roster at a moment's notice. Because we all watched the Superstation. That's how we grew up as Braves fans. That's why I'm a Braves fan. Because if you were in this area, Northeast Mississippi for me, you had to make your choice. It was the Braves, the Cardinals, or the Cubs. All because of television. My choice was the Braves. Mainly because of my twin brother. I tried and tried and tried. Because I'm a Cowboys fan, I'm a tortured Cowboys fan. I tried and tried and tried to not love the Braves, to not get caught up in the heartbreak that is the Braves. And my brother just kept dragging me further and further and further down the rabbit hole. And here I am, a tortured Braves fan, a tortured Cowboys fan, my fandom. I mean, watching Tom Brady take Tampa Bay, one Super Bowl win in his entire franchise history, to the Super Bowl, beat the Kansas City Chiefs, and the Cowboys have not been to the NFC Championship game in 24 years It pained my soul. I barely watched the Super Bowl. I'll be honest. I I didn't even want to watch it. So why do we know? Why can we recite the 1995 Atlanta Braves roster? We all grew up with it. If you're a Braves fan, you watch the Braves on the Superstation TBS every single time the Braves were on. Now everything is regional and we're still around, but that was the last time the Braves reached the mountaintop or the only time the Braves reached the mountaintop. So of course we can. Of course we can. Blue-collared, comma, hard-nosed. And by the way, 
to show y'all how good a friend Bradley Sal is. The minute that Tom Brady punched the ticket for the Bucks to the Super Bowl, what do you think he sent me? A nice little graphic, the stats about Tom Brady and the Bucks in the NFC compared to the Cowboys. It's brutal. What a friend. <laughs> Tom, yeah, Tom Brady made it to um, more NFC championships than the, than the Cowboys have in the last 20-some years. <laughs> yeah, thanks, man. Thanks. Uh, Can I ask you an honest question? Look, you're a neutral observer of the Super Bowl. I know you watched it, the whole thing. You're rooting for Bruce Arians. You're rooting for the Bucks. Did it not seem like the first half that the flags, they were a little one-sided? Um, I mean, yeah, but here's the deal, man. The Chiefs got away all year with Holt. I mean, they're, they're a holding, handsy defense. That just doesn't fly in the NFL, especially when you're playing a Tom Brady um, they were holding, and then whenever they they got called for holding, they couldn't they couldn't shake it, and then then they they struggled to play to play actual football. So, um, yeah, I mean the the Chiefs were holding holding their ass off. So, um, yeah, they, they they got exposed a little bit last night in that sense. So, um, it just happened to be one of those nights where when you're playing Tom Brady, it's like going against LeBron James or any of the other ones. He's going to get the calls. I mean, he's he they're not going to sit there. And I mean, the, the dude is. He's going to get the calls. If you hold his receivers, they're going to call pass interference. If not, he's going to, you know, Tom Brady will let the ref know. And whenever you're, you know, face to face with Tom Brady as a ref, you're going to be looking a lot harder than you would if it's, um, you know, just a regular quarterback. Got to mention too, Patrick Mahomes dropped back, I think, 56 times, and he was pressured 29 times, the most yeah. in the history of the Super Bowl. They were playing with backups on the offensive line and that Tampa Bay defensive line just absolutely obliterated those backups. And it shows you that even the greatest quarterback in football right now cannot produce if you can't protect him. Even if you're the greatest at your position that Patrick Mahomes is the greatest at his position. Yes, Tom Brady is the greatest player in the history of the NFL. But currently the best quarterback is Patrick Mahomes. And no, Tom Brady winning the Super Bowl does nothing to change that conversation, Pat Mahomes, because of his offensive line being decimated, had no shot. Yeah, well, you had a right, you had a guard playing right tackle, and then you had a um, a left tackle and Mike Rimmers, who is, I mean, he's typically a right tackle, sometimes a right guard. But you go back to it, that's just a prime example of shitty coaching. I mean, it is what it is. They they knew they had that going to the game. They knew the Bucks had JPP and Shaq Barrett, who are who present real pass rush problems. And what's the Chiefs do now? They're going to leave our tackles on an island all day. Um, and, and not protect them. So if you're not going to chip, you know, use play action, use, you know, quick screens and stuff like that, try to run the damn football, just a shitty game plan. I mean, the, the chiefs that that's, then that's not typical Andy Reid. That was just all in all was that they didn't look very prepared that they, they act like that they had, you know, two lockdown tackles out there. And anytime you leave them on an island like that, it's you, you're asking for it. So it was actually really tough to watch when I watched football games. I typically only watch the tackles and, I mean, th those guys could have gave up 15 sacks apiece. I mean, they were getting beat every time. And, um, you know, of course, they, they could have played a little better. But at the same time, man, I mean, you got to help these guys out a little bit. It's just all, all, all in all, bad game plan. Um, the, the, the Chiefs definitely didn't look, look like their normal selves. And got to run the ball. Got to know what you're rolling out there when you're rolling out an O-line that's, that's decimated like that. I mean, come on. You, you got to do something. You got you to you got a game plan for that. The Chiefs came out as if they were full strength. So rather than Absolutely. run the ball – like they did the, in the second half to open the second half, and it worked, they came out throwing. And, of course, he got pressured immediately. It was bizarre. It was just not what you'd expect out of Andy Reid, who's been inarguably one of, if not the best, offensive minds in football the last handful of years. Blue-collared, comma, hard-nosed, at hard-nosed 15. With Campbell taking one of the scholarships and assuming a certain FCS tight end, who we've talked about, Trey Berry, Neil McCready first reporting, takes the other one, where would you like Ole Miss to go with the final spot, assuming it's three? Offensive line, defensive line, somewhere else. Um, our, our, man, here's the thing, though. We don't, I mean, we, we could speculate that they are taking a scholarship, but shoot, we thought that with the Western Kentucky guy. I mean, never know. These guys could be walk-ons or agreeing to some kind of walk-on. But, but yeah, assuming these guys take the spot, um, you know, I think you address defense, you address tight end. I think I think you're at the point now where you know you you want to try to get a pass rusher of some sort off the an edge rusher, but if not, I mean I, I don't think that there's any glaring um, you know glaring need. Um, I think you can take best player available if there's somebody out there that wants to come. That's just a just a baller and going to make your team better. I think I think we're at the point where we can do that. I 100% agree.
best player available. M underscore Mercer at M Mercer 14. Next spring, would you rather see Taiwan Malone hit a dinger off the scoreboard or watch him destroy a catcher and a play at the plate? I don't ever like watching plays at the plate. Makes me cringe, man. Too many times you've seen catchers just get absolutely obliterated and careers be altered because of that. So I wouldn't wish that on any catcher. Plus, who doesn't like the long ball? Chicks dig the long ball. I would much rather see Tywin Malone hit a bomb to dead center or out of the park like Ben Van Cleve has done, apparently, so far in the spring. Kemp Alderman has done that too. Actually left the stadium, going out of the stadium to left field. I'd rather see that than a play at the plate. Because let's be honest, no catcher is going to hold up against that big barreling dude on a play at the plate. Yeah, I'm I, I'm I'm with you. I'd rather see him not going clean out of the park. Um, you know, the beer showers, everything. The play at the plate. I mean, listen, I want that play at the plate to be versus the Alabama quarterback on third down to win the game. Um, that's that, that's what I want to see him do. That's what, that's what I want to see him. Hit. I'd rather see him hit a home run and then knock the quarterback out. Yeah, I just I don't want to see the catcher get run over. Man, makes me cringe. All right, here you go. A shouts out. To one Bradley Sal from Austin Golf at the Golf Father. Not many people know it, but Bradley was a stud in baseball too. I grew up in Hernando, and when I was young, I would go watch the high school football and baseball games. One time, Brad hit a home run, and maybe it was me being young, but I remember it going over McEvall Road? Yeah, McEvall Road. Um yeah, you know, I like to say I was pretty good at baseball. Um, I don't know if I was quite to the old mess level, but I, I certainly was. I certainly was very respectable in baseball. Um, yeah, I think I was versus Lafayette. Um, a very big, big game in Lafayette. I think I hit one over the street. But um, yeah, I mean, I batted, batted, you know, mid threes, mid maybe, maybe close to four hundred, and had a pretty good pitching record. I thought I was okay. I don't think I was old mess level, but probably if I would have tried, I may, I may, what they probably would have taken me. First base pitcher middle of the order hitter that's what we're talking about here oh yeah i mean i could i could i could touch 90 i could touch 90 on oh good, no you couldn't do it do we need to post a video five yes. you know a couple of years ago i was still throwing 87 yes yes also post the video of you doing your workout for the colts in the front yard. <laughs> yeah i could i could i could play a little baseball i'll, I'll take it I want to start doing more video content. You and I have floated this idea for a long time. One thing I was going to do before COVID hit was I was going to take a video camera, go over to the Ole Miss baseball field, and have Gunnar Hoagland, who's got an elite slider, throw me sliders to see if I could make any kind of contact. Basically, just flail away and laugh at myself. So I would love to do some video content. Like go to your golf simulator in your house. It'd be fun. Have maybe a coach, an Ole Miss coach, doesn't matter what sport, come in and We'll do an interview and we'll hit in the golf simulator. I would love for Bianca to let us take a round of BP. Oh my God. I'm telling you right now, I would, I would love that. I don't know if I would love that. Um, I, the last time I swung a baseball bat was ninth grade. Seriously. I haven't even done <laughs> softball leagues, man. I loved baseball too, but I had this terrible delusional idea that I was going to be a next level football player. And then, Oh, I stopped growing six foot. That was it. The weight continued to add on, but no, you stopped at six feet. <laughs> you know, yeah. you got that yep. six foot. I was at six foot, 235 pounds center slash defensive end. You know how every Mississippi high school has one of those dudes. That was me. Oh yeah. <laughs> yep. They're a dime a dozen. Yeah. yeah. Little Ben Garrett out there when he was a ninth grader thinking, Oh man, I'm the hottest thing. I'm about to go take the world. Yeah. Didn't even get a sniff from Northeast, for Christ's sake. And I lived in New Albany. Oh, well. Tucker Italiano, at Tucker Italiano. Incoming pitchers, most likely to play a role this year. Luke Baker, and he's not a incoming pitcher, but he didn't get to really showcase at all last year. But second-year pitcher, Drew McDaniel, has been really good. Had a great fall, and so far in the spring... He was one of the few that Mike Bianco talked about on Monday when we had our uh, weekly press conference with Mike. Talked about Doug Nikhazy, of course, being lights out, Jackson Kimbrell, Drew McDaniel, Luke Baker. So the true freshman would be Luke Baker, um, but also Drew McDaniel, who I think is going to be 
one of, if not the number one midweek starter potentially. And he could end up being a long reliever if, I don't know, on one Sunday, maybe even a Saturday. Maybe Doug has a bad Friday night. I don't know. But a long reliever that comes in and eats innings. He's a really strong arm. And yes, Ole Miss offensively has been dominant, not only in the fall, but so far in the preseason too. 22 combined home runs through two weekends. And you might be freaking out saying, oh, God, what does it say about the pitching? I think it says more about the offense. And remember, Mike Bianco is calling the pitches. So if he wants to work on change-ups with Doug Nikhazy, he'll just call a bunch of change-ups in a row. Hitters know it's coming. Not to take anything away from them, but I wouldn't put too much on the results for the pitchers right now. Gunnar Hoagland, he's getting hit around a little bit, but they're trying some stuff. Derek Diamond, he's getting hit around a little bit. He didn't get a fall. He was hurt. So now he's actually working through it, building up his arm to get ready to start. I'm not worried about it at all. But of the incoming pitchers, Luke Baker and then second-year right-hander Drew McDaniel, who you didn't see last year, who they're really excited about. Who gets right tackle next year? Seems like it's between Melton, Aker, and James. Aker, I've heard, is going to be the center, the future center. So Cedric Melton is that guy for me. I think he's... Uh, the most obvious choice, I think they want to keep Jeremy James at right guard, and he's the one I hear the most about. What about you? Yeah, I think I think you're spot on. I think I think Aker will get a chance. Um, I mean, I wouldn't think he would go in there before before Ben Brown, but it would be cool to see him get a chance to play a year at right tackle just in case there was injury later on and maybe move him into center. Um, yeah, it'd be great for him. But yeah, Melton seems to be the the um, the, the the likely candidate there unless somebody unless they sign a tackle. I mean. Shoot, you never know. There could be a tackle come available here in the portal as well, and um, you know, a guy that's experienced or something as well. So, I mean, I, that could be a position that that they they try to shore up. We'll get right back to Bradley Sal in this mailbag edition of Talk of Champions after I tell you briefly about Cheney's Pharmacy and Alan Samuel's Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford, two proud sponsors of Talk of Champions. A new year is here, and you want to put your best foot forward. The only way to do that is to make sure that you're taking care of yourself, that you're keeping yourself safe, that your pharmacy is one you can trust. Well, there's only one pharmacy in Oxford, Mississippi that can do just that. Cheney's Pharmacy, a locally owned pharmacy that's been in Oxford for over 40 years, as red and blue as the rebels themselves. Cheney's Pharmacy offers prescription synchronization, immunizations, compounding, a two-lane drive-through and available hours that ensure your needs are met on your own time. Cheney's also accepts all third-party insurance. Cheney's Pharmacy provides the best customer service out there. Hands down. It's not close. So give Cheney's a call. 662-234-7221. Or go visit them at 501 Bramlett Boulevard. That's right off of University Avenue. They're open 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Monday through Saturday, 1 p.m. to 9 p.m. on Sundays. You can visit them online at Cheney'sPharmacy.com. Make sure your pharmacy is one you can trust. Cheney's Pharmacy. Much more than just a pharmacy. It's a new year. 2020, that awful, awful year, is behind us, thank goodness. And that means new beginnings. Maybe even a new car. Well, if you're in the market, there's only one place to go. Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. They're going to take care of you. Get you into your next vehicle with a great deal. Their inventory right now is priced to sell. And what separates Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford is Brian and Mason and the rest of the staff. They aim to address each of your needs with the utmost respect, care, and attention to detail. And when you go, make sure to mention that Talk of Champions sent you. These guys are hardcore Ole Miss fans. They're going to want to talk some Rebel sports. But more importantly, they want to make the process as seamless as possible, that you get what you want at a good price. So contact them today at 662-234-8000. You can stop by and see them in person at 2201 East University Avenue. That's just past Kroger. Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. That's where you got to go to find your next perfect car, truck, or Jeep. Alan Samuels, let's be friends. Oh, my God. As you're talking, in comes in my text messages a video of Brad. What is this, Mojo Pitching Cage? Where is this? This is the Houston Astros at the game, baby. He hit 87. That's right. He hit 87. Walked in, old, right. dropped the watch. 87 has been about five years since I pitched. Yeah, I'm still, still up there. I, I'm speechless. I'm not going to lie. He just brought the receipts. <sighs> <laughs> Tucker Italiano, which incoming offensive lineman is most likely to play early? 
I would expect no incoming offensive lineman play early. I know we could go through some names here, but if Ole Miss is relying on an incoming offensive lineman to play, that is not good news. They're developmental guys. That's the toughest position to break in immediately unless you're a JUCO guy. Now, if Ole Miss adds a JUCO tackle or a transfer tackle, okay. But freshman, no, no. Yeah, I, um, we hope there's not. We hope there's not any of these linemen playing first. I mean, you got most of the guys coming back. Um, you had some good back and some good experience, but let's um, let's hope we don't get to the point where we have to play some of these young guys. It'd be nice for these guys to um, you know get a year of experience, um, you know, get stronger, um, you know, maybe fill in in the next year or two. But let's let, let's hope we're not playing any of these guys the first year. If we do, we have some issues. Ron Mathis at Ronnie Mathis too, reminding me. FCS football is about to start up if they don't cancel it again. So, hey, football is not over. Thank you, Ron. I don't know how much of it I'll watch. Are you interested really in FCS football? Uh, I mean, if I'm laying there at night and there's nothing on, there's no Dateline, there's no Shark Tank, um, you know, yeah, maybe, maybe I'll turn one of those games on. So maybe I should correct it. The football we care about is gone for months. But thank you, Ron. Maybe I'll check that out once I get that itch. You know we're going to get that itch at some point to where we want to see some football. But at that point, if Ole Miss gets spring football, that will kind of quench the thirst, right? If you get Ole Miss spring football. And not FCS football. Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah, I'll, I'll take it. If it <laughs> worst case. Kenneth Collins at RebelFan68. You are Ole Miss head football coach. If you had to hire a former player on your football staff at every position coaching coordinators, who would you Ooh. choose? Oh my God. Um, I would, I mean, I would just want dudes that, that can recruit and have some energy. So, um, yeah, I mean, I would just go down the list of, of certain guys that, um, that had some swag and can, that can recruit. I mean, you got to look at like a, I mean, I can tell you right now, Chad Kelly be my quarterback coach. Um, See, I would go uh, with guys that are actually in the business right now that are coaching because there are so many guys, so many former Ole Miss players that are coaching. Lanier Gothy would be my linebackers coach. Defensive line would be tougher. Quarterbacks coach would be a Bo Wallace. Um, Running backs coach would be, I don't know. This is really hard. Probably Deuce, to be honest with you. <laughs> Just because Deuce is my uh, guy. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, listen, if, if you get former players, they're going to know. I mean, they're going to know how to you know, muster up some some offense, some defense. I mean, that's not going to be the issue. The issue is going to be, hey, can we get some players in there? You know, I just want some – yeah, give me a star-studded um, coaching staff. That, yeah. You know, just, just – just like Jackson State. I mean, they got Dion. He's pulling. He's got a couple four stars. So. Yeah. Sure. So, uh, yeah, you got, you got to get. A, yeah. But B Brown is already a defensive coordinator. I think at Louisville. So B Brown would be my defensive coordinator. Now B Brown isn't that big name. He's not Patrick Willis. But B Brown, he's in the business. He's succeeding. He would be that guy. I would go around like that. Like Vince Sanders was on this podcast a couple weeks ago. He's a wide receivers coach in high school, but there are plenty of former players that are coaching right now. CJ Johnson would be a good defensive line coach. There you go. Good friend of the pod. There you go. There's a lot of ways you could go about that. Offensive line, I'd probably just hire Brad. I mean, let's be honest. Most guys putting together a first-time staff, Hugh Freeze, he was guilty of this. You hire your friends. I would hire Brad. He doesn't have to have any experience. But he's had plenty of experience playing football, playing at the highest level. So, Brad, you're my offensive line coach. Congratulations. Yeah, um, <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take. It. I would. I would coach Ole Miss O line tomorrow if they would let me. But um, you know, that's that's the only only job I would take in America. Kenneth Collins at Rebel Fan sixty eight batting, pitching, and fielding lineup for your All Bianco team. Oh my god. Oh baby, I love this. Um, so. I mean, this this is honestly extremely tough. This this is a type of debate that could go on for hours with the Ole Miss baseball community. I mean, and you're going to forget somebody really good. I mean, yeah. you, you start at – I mean, if you start at shortstop, all right, we'll do a position at time. Shortstop, I'm going Cozart at yes. shortstop. Yes. Third okay, base is you Coglin. Yeah, I, I got to. Second base, Cooper Osteen. I, I like Coop. We're like so Cooper. far simpatico right here. I'm with you. Yeah. Catcher is really tricky. I yep. would say Stuart Turner, but Nick Fortes offensively, there wasn't anybody better. Man, Stuart Turner was good, though. Yeah, yeah defensively uh, the best catcher in baseball. 
in college baseball. No Barry. What about Barry Gunther? I mean, that was no, that was no, like, no, no. It's Nick Fortes or Stu- and that's no disrespect to Barry Gunther, but Stuart Turner and Nick Fortes. That's the decision. Yep. Now Cooper Johnson could get in there, but still, I'd pick one of those two. First base, Stephen Head. Oh yeah, Stephen Head for sure. But then you look up, you you think of like a, you could throw a Matt Smith there, you could throw a, a Snyder. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, you you wouldn't go wrong picking any of those guys. Petway. Petway um, played right field though, but Mark Wright would probably be my right fielder. Yeah, but dude, I don't know. The, I, you got to give me two, either one of the Henry brothers. I mean, that those guys have got to be in the lineup somewhere. They were yeah. the best leadoffs. I mean, you got to put a Henry in there. Brian Petway could DH because he was an awful fielder, awful. And maybe I put Jordan Henry in center. Thomas Dillard, God, he needs to be DH too, but maybe left field. JB Woodman's your center fielder. I guess he could play a corner and you could have elite defense. Yeah. I mean, how about Logan Power, though? I mean, he's, uh, he's, he hit for, listen, Ole Miss baseball, you got, you can have two squads. You can put together two all time squads and it would be dead even. I mean, that's how good, that's how good these guys were. We haven't even talked about Cody Overbeck, Tyler Keenan. Gray Kessinger, Anthony Servideo. I mean, there's been so much talent. Now, the staff, I think it's obvious who number one is. Mark Holloman? No. Lance Lynn? It's Drew Pomeranz. Oh, dude, Lance Lynn's pretty good. Drew Pomeranz, that weekend he had, coming off a short rest, no one comes close. But yes, Lance Lynn is in there too. Mark Holloman's in there. Will Klein might be, maybe in there, might be in there. I don't know, man. I I think I think everything starts with Lance Lynn, Drew Pomeranz, and then we go down from there. Then then who who's number three? Uh, Christian Trent. Yeah. Oh. Chris Ellis. Yeah, we got some ballers, man. Oh we my god. Ball- I don't even want to think about the relievers. Holy crap! So many Ole Miss relievers made it to Major League Baseball and stuck. Oh. Like a Maloney. We could talk about Maloney. Okay. We're going way too far with this. I think we did pretty good, though. We did pretty good. The obvious is the left side of the infield. It's always going to be Cozart and Coglin. Always. Greg Kessinger got close, but Cozart is the standard. He always will be. Man, all Miss baseball stacked over the years. All right, here you go. You can only pick one player, current or former, for Ole Miss baseball to start an Ole Miss baseball team with. Who you picking? Um, I'm gonna say either. Um, I'm gonna. Oh my gosh, I'm gonna say either Coglin or or Cozart, just because they are. I mean, they went on to play, you know, quite a bit of Major League Baseball. They were they were legit. I, I say you put one of those two guys in the middle of the lineup, and then you start with there. But man, I, I mean, Thomas Dillard. Honestly, you go back and look what he did. He's he's a potential candidate for that as well. It's Cogs for me. I'll admit it. I'm a Cogs fangirl. Love me some Chris Coglin. It was really fun. He was playing for the Iowa Cubs a couple of years ago. And I went and covered the Redbirds and the Iowa Cubs just so I could go talk to Cogs. Took a picture with him. Told him straight up, look, man, we're about the same age. But holy crap, man. You're one of my favorite players of any sport of all time. Nicest dude in the world. Nicest dude in the world. But yeah, love me some Chris Coglin. That's where I'd start. Man. How about this? We, we go that whole conversation. Don't even mention a Seth Smith. Oh God! But we knew <laughs> that that was going to happen. We said that go, you know going into this that we were going to yeah. leave some good players out, and we probably forgot. God, so many. Can you imagine how many people are going to come into my mentions on Twitter and drop new names that we forgot? And we're going to have to just, I guess, whip ourselves for forgetting these people. So, oh man, that is just really tough. Golly, Kenneth! Thank God we only had twenty-four questions. We could have spent a whole podcast just doing those two questions. Just those two. So in the summer, when there's nothing going on, baseball is done, Kenneth, drop some ideas into my mentions. Because you can fill time, buddy. Chris Baker, at real underscore bald underscore Baker. Can this new linebacker transfer, Brad, be a huge impact like Daniel Bateman, (laughs) like Daniel Bateman from the Washington Sentinels in the replacements? (laughs) 
Um, yeah, I mean, so just looking at the kid, um, you know, it'll, it'll, it'll all depend on what, how coaches use this kid. Obviously they're familiar with him. He knows the defense. He's going to, you know, he's going to be, he's going to make everybody better. He's going to know how to line guys up. He's going to know how to call the defense. Um, you know, it, it just depends on what his strengths are. I mean, if he can, can he cover running backs and stuff? It, it looks like it, but you know, he hasn't played in the SEC before, or is he going to be a guy that, that they, that they mug up in the A gaps, blitz, stunt with him? Um, you know, rush the quarterback. And if you if you look at his film, I mean, he is he's a pretty good blitzer one and two. I mean, he flies sideline to sideline, and it, it's not like he's coming from a small school. He's he's was honor, honorable mention All Big Ten, um, averaged eleven tackles a game. So I I don't think this is this is like a, a come in and depth play. I think they expect this guy to come in and be the be the start middle linebacker. So um, certainly, I think he's going to have a big impact. How they use him is going to be to be determined, but. Um, it, it seems like he'll have a role and is comfortable enough playing here. Another video comes into my text messages. This time you're taking a deep <laughs> cut. Where, where was this? Uh, this is about a year year or two ago. I took batting practice with my high school. Took took a few off the scoreboard. Oh my god! <laughs> you saved these videos for this exact moment when somebody, anybody, it was me. That's bullshit. right, baby. Yep. That's right, baby. Yep. You, hey, you always always got to have your receipts, you know. You're only as good as your resume. Oh my God, Hunter Kenneberg at Hunt Kenneberg. Are you watching Wandavision? And what do you think? Also, sorry, Brad. Realize this isn't your type of question. Ah, after is, watching, uh, will you explain that to me first? What is Wandavision? Wandavision is a television show on Disney Plus that is kicking off Phase 4 of the MCU. And yes, I am watching WandaVision. And my thoughts are, without spoiling it for anybody who hasn't watched that will, is that they're following the House of M storyline in the comics. And I think Scarlet Witch is going to be the mother of mutants and also introduce the MCU to the multiverse that will play into Doctor Strange, maybe potentially other future movies to come out in phase four. That's what I think. I think the multiverse is coming and I think she'll be the mother of mutants. See, this is my lane. This is where I'm feeling at my most comfortable, not taking cuts in a batting cage at my high school and sending them while we're recording to my podcast host friend. <laughs> hey, you, you didn't think I was that good at baseball. I was trying to let you know. I have no clue what you're talking about. It sounds like some teenage mutant. Don't, Ninja don't, don't, don't. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles are a tremendous comic and also one of the greatest cartoons of all time. So I will not hear any of that nonsense either. Don't, what did you watch? Okay, when you were a kid, did you watch superheroes? No, so I would get Ole Miss programs and I would memorize okay. every play, where they were from and I would literally know everything about every Ole Miss player. Of I every did season. too. I had an 84 Camone Fisher jersey made for me and I ran to Camone Fisher on the field at Vaught Hemingway Stadium for Meet the Rebels. Let's not pretend like you can't do two things at one time. Okay? All right. Yeah, I had no I had no space in my brain for that. I was I was way too dialed in. Oh I was way too dialed in. Kofi P <laughs> at Pat underscore pathetic. Brad, do you have any good stories of you and Greg Hardy going at it in the trenches at practice? Um you know, I mean, I'm sure there was quite a few. I, I mean, I remember them. I, I do remember my first NFL start was versus Greg Hardy when he was with the Panthers. And, um, you know, I knew, obviously, I guess that was a great first start because I knew his moves. I knew kind of what, what he what he did. But he had kind of grown a little bit since then. He had, he was a much, you know, pretty dominant NFL player at the time. So I did come there and hold up well versus him. And I remember all game, I, I, was, I was always one of those players um, when I got to the NFL that was – pretty extra man i try to finish guys i try to do the whole nick broker thing try to be like the crazy dude who you didn't really really want to come around but i remember doing that a couple times to greg in the game and um you know him getting pretty mad and be like all right all right i'll stay you know, like like i'm about to f you up now um so I, and i never i never forget that was the one game i was like all right i just need to keep blocking this guy i don't really need to make him super mad at me um, cause he may go all crazy on me and do something nuts so um yeah i mean we've had some good battles versus him he's a good player i've i've I'm in the, the minority on this, but I've always I've always really liked Greg. I always respect him. I always thought he was a good dude. He's um, he's always been a cool guy to me. I mean, he's he's never been um, you know disrespectful or anything to me. I've, I've always got along with Greg pretty well. We'll get right back to Bradley Sal in this mailbag edition of Talk of Champions. 
after we hear briefly from BNA Bank, a proud sponsor of Talk of Champions. Reason number 12 to bank at BNA. We are the bank for Northeast Mississippi. We have one home, Northeast Mississippi. Seeing this local Northeast Mississippi economy thrive and helping the people of our area with their borrowing needs is our only focus. From buying a home to starting your own business, we are the team of local lenders standing ready to make your dreams a reality. BNA Bank. We are the bank of Northeast Mississippi. Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Pre-game, post-game, what was that like after that first battle with Greg? Well, the the cool thing is he had a stomach virus all week that week, so I was hoping he wasn't going to play, um, which would have been best-case scenario. So I could have kind of eased an NFL instead of going right in their first game versus one of the sack leaders. Um, but, you know, he he came out and played. You know, I obviously talked to him. You know, he decided to go against me. Um, you know, kind of proud that I was, I was starting, happy for me. And then when we got out there, it was just uh, – um, yeah, it was a good old, a good old battle. I mean, we we ended up beating them. Um, thank goodness we played with the league lead a lot of the games, so it was a lot of runs. You know, a lot of good mix in. But yeah, I mean, it was um, it was cool getting to go against them. More from at Pat underscore Pathetic Ben. The Mets are cursed. Yes, they are. Braves have the NL East. Slow down, slow down. We don't know that yet. Their bench is terrible, and they still need to add a reliever or two. And if the DH does come into play in two thousand twenty one. Who's going to play left field? Because it cannot be Ender Inciarte. And you should have some hope because the Mets have one of the very best players in all of baseball in Francisco Lindor playing shortstop. Therein lies your hope. So yes, they're cursed. But you have Francisco Lindor. So I don't feel sorry for you this year. S. Hunter at 2 Shan Z. Simply out of pure curiosity... Any update on the Rebel Rag suit? Absolutely nothing. I know nothing. I haven't heard anything. I should call Terry. Find out something. If he'll tell me anything. Maybe I'll call Charlie Merkel. If that's still something that y'all are interested in. I have heard nothing lately. I do not know. Darby McCraney at Darby underscore Dimes. You're stuck on an island for a month, but you're allowed to bring three items with you. What are those items? Um, well, you, you want to bring some kind of food, right? Like, I mean, you got to have maybe, I don't know, some kind of food, maybe a, <laughs> a laptop in a hotspot. I don't know. I mean, that's about the only way you can get through, get through it. You I know, mean, there's not going to be a hot spot on an Island. <laughs> You're on a deserted <laughs> Island. Uh, aren't there these different type of geo tracker type of deals, this technology that you could have with you that could track everywhere you go, no matter if you're on the most remote Island or in the most remote place in the world, there are geo tracking devices. So that would be one Two, while I'm waiting for somebody, a plane, a helicopter to come get me through my geo tracker. I guess I'd want a knife and uh, a weatherproof tent. I'd probably want something to create some, create a fire, though. But if you can't create a fire in your mid-30s by just causing a spark and, you know, blowing the grass or whatever the hell, I can't. But if you can't do that, you're going to die. Let's just be real. I don't want a fishing pole, but I'm already at three. I'm just hoping my geo-tracker brings somebody to me as soon as possible. I am not built, not equipped to last on a deserted island. Let's just be real. Kenneth Collins at RebelFan68. Best two-sport athlete of all time. Oh, God. Come on, it's Bo Jackson. Best two-sport athlete in Ole Miss history. Jake Gibbs. Yeah, I think I think you would um, – yeah, I think you're right there. I'm trying to think of anybody else that was in um, serious contention there. I mean – No, yeah, it's Jake Gibbs. It's Jake Gibbs. Yeah. Yeah. Who else are you going to say? Seth Smith? It's Jake Gibbs. Yeah. Yeah, but Seth didn't really I – mean, he didn't really, really get to play in football. Though. That's what I'm saying. It's not even debatable. Jake Gibbs yeah. is the best two-sport athlete in Ole Miss history. It's not even It's not even discussion. What about, what about Greg Hardy, though? Speaking of Greg Hardy, he played basketball. He actually got to play a little bit. So did Seneca Taylor. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. You're right. It's called a novelty more than anything else. Let's chill. Blue-collared, comma-hard-nosed at hard-nosed 15. Teams that you think would be perfect fits for the Ole Miss Rebels in the draft – Elijah Moore, Royce Newman, 
Kenny Yaboa. Elijah Moore would fit perfectly with the Titans, not just because A.J. Brown is there, but because they could use an upgraded slot receiver. Yeah, I, I would say, honestly, just, just being in the, the Chiefs, Eagles, Bears, um, you know, offense. I think that if you look at um, look at the way they they run their offense, I think he's a. I mean, they, they really thrive on the on the shifty slot receiver that can run routes. Um, you know, kind of kind of get open in, in certain route route adjustments. I can see him really fitting in that Chiefs style of offense. Um, and the same with Yeboah. I mean, that's that that offense really fits him well too because that they, they don't really. I mean, they don't really require the the um, receiving tight end to block. They more or less have a wide tight end, which is kind of what I did. Um, you know, d- does all the blocking. He does all the whack, and he does all the all the, the heavy duty blocking. And really, the um, you know the Y is, is a totally different animal in that offense. I mean, the, not the Y, but the U. It's called a U tight end. He's more receiving tight end. Yaboa would fit with the Steelers because Vance McDonald has retired. So anybody looking to upgrade as far as athleticism at tight end, he'd be a fit. So he'd be a fit there. I think the Seahawks. He'd be a good fit with fit with the Seahawks. Royce Newman is a good fit anywhere. Because he can play pretty much every position on the offensive line, so it doesn't matter where he goes, he's going to be valuable. Yeah, Royce Newman's like a Packer or a Patriots kind of guy. I mean, that those guys that, that they draft a certain style of lineman, and they have to be to play every position, and they just kind of plug and play all over the place. Um, yeah, you both with the Steelers. Though, eh, I don't know that that offense doesn't really actually do very much for the tight end. Um, it's actually a, a, a tough offense for the tight end. That's almost the exact offense that the Bucks run. And you saw Gronkowski, even that they had to figure out ways early on to get him the ball because that's not really a tight end friendly for the offense. They more or less run duo, which is a, a form of, um, you know, a, it's almost like a power without the puller and their, their tight ends really block heavy in that offense. Tyler Keith at Tyler K82. Are there any recruiting stories that you or at Rebels247, that's David Johnson, could tell now that signing days are over? I don't cover recruiting anymore, but David does. So I'll get him back on the podcast. Maybe he can tell some stories. I don't know too much behind the scenes stuff. I knew one thing that Tywin Malone was going to end up in Ole Miss trouble. But other than that, I don't know if I have very many interesting stories this time around. Because, again, Cam Akers retired me in 2016. Beham Ole Miss Club at Beham Rebel Club. How's Derek Diamond faring in practices? It's getting hit around a little bit. Right now, I'm not worried. I don't buy preseason numbers all that much. More with hitters than with pitchers because pitchers are working on particular things. But you're right. He is key to making a legit run for a championship. But remember, Ole Miss has 22 pitchers on its roster. It's so deep in pitching. So let's not pretend like Derek Diamond is necessarily the key so much as a key. If a good Derek Diamond takes a step, obviously Ole Miss will have one of, if not the best, weekend rotations in baseball. But if he does take a step back or he regresses in some way or can't come all the way back from his injury, there are plenty of arms coming from behind, like uh, Gunnar Hoagland, for example. He could step in in, in the rotation. Wes Burton, uh, Drew McDaniel, maybe a Luke Baker, Jackson Kimbrell. They've got arms for days. That's what gives me, I I guess, the most hope for this baseball team making a legit title run is that they have so many arms at their disposal. And yes, the offense is getting the better of the pitchers and the defense in preseason practices. But I think those numbers can be skewed because the pitchers are working on particular things. And number five in the dugout is calling the pitches. So if he wants to see change-ups from Doug Nikhazy, he's going to call change-ups over and over and over again. And the hitters, they know what's coming. But again, not taking anything away from the offense because they've been awesome. 22 home runs in two weekends. And, and another point to that, too, is um, one thing you see in sports that, that the people don't realize is sometimes whenever you play, the, you're, you're always going against the same person. You start to learn each other so well that, I mean, I, I dealt with this for a long time. I mean, you got that one scout team guy who's went against you all year. And he learns, he learns the one move that drives you nuts. And then he starts, you know, beating you for sacks and, um, you know, it's, 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 it's common in sports, man. I mean, these guys see the same pitch in all the time. Um, you kind of get dialed in on a guy and, um, you know, when you're coming into a series, you know, a guy doesn't really have, hasn't seen you as much or went up against you as many times as some of these guys that went against each other. So sometimes you got to be careful there. I mean, they, that you, you start to really learn people the more you practice with them. Blue collared, comma, hard nosed humor me for a minute. The Dallas Cowboys. Oh boy. Make the Super Bowl If what happens, Jerry Jones doesn't exist. And I'm not saying Jerry Jones die. I, death is horrifying. I don't want anybody to die. We all die. It's inevitable. 
but Jerry Jones is no longer associated with the Dallas Cowboys. That's how they somehow take the next step. Or if he hires a general manager and he won't get out of football operations, that's never going to happen. How in the world is your most important player still unsigned? You signed a running back, which is a luxury, two years before his deal ran out, gave him way too much money, caved, when your most important player remained unsigned and played on the tag. And if he plays on the tag again, he's going to be a free agent next year. They could have not botched this any worse. Jerry Jones removes himself from football ops. Maybe they got a shot, but he won't. So we're stuck in a time loop. Drew Smelner, similar. Drew Simler at Drew Simler. Rebel hoops are showing some life, but overall, Morrell, Vaughn, Joyner, and others, even Romello, have not played as advertised. What are we supposed to make of so many guys not living up to the expectations? I think there is a legitimate criticism of scouting and development. However, Jarkel Joyner, I don't know if he's necessarily not the player that he always was. Maybe he was too highly billed. Remember, this was a guy who had no Power 5 offers, very few offers coming out of high school, and everybody in Oxford wanted him to be an Ole Miss Rebel. And Andy Kennedy said no. But he wasn't the only coach in Power 5 to say no. Everybody said no. But Jarko has brought something to Ole Miss. Leadership, he's not good defensively, but offensively, for a while there, it was just him and Devontae Shuler. Romello, the only reason he wasn't leaving up to the billion that he had coming in was because they weren't running the offense through him and they weren't getting him the ball where he's most comfortable in the block, where he can do the most damage with his many post moves. But now they're actually doing that. And his angles on ball screens are better, so he's getting more opportunities. Um, as far as Morrell, I'm not concerned about Morrell. He's going to be fine. Actually, I would just let him go. I, I would let him play 20 minutes a night and live with the results. I wouldn't care. That's not necessarily what they're trying to do because they're trying to win games and whatever. But for me, he's too important to the program. I would just let him play as many as possible. Demencio Vaughn, there's just no denying that he's not been what Ole Miss was hoping he would be. And I think my biggest criticism as far as scouting and development would be how did you not know that your team would be this devoid of scores on the perimeter? Because effectively, Kermit Davis put the finishing touches on the roster in the spring. Yes, Romello White, Levi Watkins was responsible for Romello White. But Demencio Vaughn, Robert Allen. Robert Allen's been great for two weeks now, stepping in for K.J. Buffett. But having said that, he's not a shooter. How in your analysis of your team did you not notice the lack of shooters in a modern style of college basketball that requires Shooters. You always need shooters, but require shooters in what college basketball is now. Nate at Nate underscore Bloomberg, who hits more home runs this season, the entire Ole Miss baseball team or Acuna and Ozuna combined. Let's just think for a second that Ronnie's going to hit 40 and Ozuna's going to hit 35. Ole Miss last year, after 17 games, was at 36. So I take the Ole Miss baseball team. Greg Murphy at Murph's Surf Murph. How many years of eligibility do all the announced transfers have? I think the wide receiver from Western Kentucky has two. I know the linebacker from Maryland has two. DeAndre Prince has two, maybe three. And I think that's it so far, right? Yeah, I think I think you're right there. I think I did read the linebacker from Maryland has two, which is which is actually pretty cool, man. I mean, he comes in, good player, balls out, then hell, you get him back the next year. Last one, Drew Simler at Drew Simler. What's going on with KJ Buffin? I think it's pretty obvious. He's in the doghouse. I think there were some words exchanged. And I think he, if he could, he would take back some things that he said. And I think if Kermit could, he would take back some of the things he said publicly. There's just a little bit of a fractured relationship right now. I think they're mending it. But KJ Buffin, he's too important to this program to be playing so few minutes. I think it's more about a breakdown in communication between coach and player. If you're asking me, I don't know though. I've asked. No one will say other than personal issues. But if you made me guess, that's what it comes down to. It's been Talk of Champions, a mailbag edition of Talk of Champions. I've been Garrett at Spirit, been on Twitter. He's Bradley South, former Ole Miss offensive lineman, eight-year NFL vet. If you haven't already, subscribed, rate, review Talk of Champions in iTunes. And when you do, leave a five-star review. Doesn't matter what you say as long as it's five stars. All right, for the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com and affiliate of 247 Sports. Nothing more today. Bring on Major League Baseball. Marcelo Zuna is back with the Braves. I'm all in again. I was mad, 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 and now I'm back. That Just when I think I'm out, they pull me back in. That's what I'll be paying attention to. Ole Miss baseball, of course. Ole Miss basketball. 
Brad is most fired up for, of course, Ole Miss baseball. Oh yeah, I, got, I can't wait. It's gonna gonna be a, gonna be a cool year. I can't wait to see it. So I like how we get tested early too, man. I mean, get it's a tough right schedule. I think it's the top ranked schedule as far as strength of schedule in the country. Bring it on, baby. I mean, I like that. I mean, let's let, let's go. Let's step right into the fire. Let's let's see what we got pretty early on. So I'm look, if they about- don't start sixteen and one, Ole Miss fan, don't freak out. Okay. Oh, yeah, please, please don't, because they 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 have a really tough schedule and. Um, they're going to be facing some good teams to start. So we'll see where we stack up. They start seven and four. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Right. No kidding, especially in baseball. I was talking to Ben Van Cleve on Monday for an interview for a story that I'm going to be writing later this week. And he said, look, we weren't going to go 55 and one, but we believed we were going to go 55 and one last year. That's not how baseball works. But they believed they were going to. And that confidence, that belief is still there as we enter 2021. In a week's time, almost baseball, first pitch of the season in Arlington, Texas against number 10 TCU. I can't wait. Let's see Ole Miss baseball get to Omaha and break through. Not just get there and be satisfied, but break through. Can you imagine? Can you imagine the celebration in Oxford, Mississippi if Ole Miss baseball wins a national championship in baseball? That would be that would be fun stuff, man. I just hopefully we can start getting in that stadium and and, and getting that environment um you know rocking. That's it. Hey Ben, I gotta before we go, man, I gotta give a shout out to Ann Clark Downing, uh, my neighbor. She's a huge fan of the podcast. Um, happy forty fourth, I mean thirty fourth birthday to Ann Clark. Um, she's the bomb. She she brings that Ole Miss energy. Um, I'm glad to have her listening. Look at you. Oh yeah, she's the bomb. If you see Brad or me anywhere and you like the podcast and want to say, hey, I like the pod, apparently now we're giving shouts out. So I'm That's here. That's right. We're doing it. See you, buddy. See you, Ben. Hotty toddy. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.